Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker and Alex. This is Schrodinger's episode, because I don't know if this movie exists or not. We watched, I think, the movie Electra from 2005, starring Jennifer Garner, directed by... I'm not sure it was. Don't worry about it. I'm not sure if this was directed. I'm sure if it's actually starring. It feels like the movie doesn't even exist. Because I watched it, and almost immediately I had to check my notes like, wait, that actually happened? What was I doing for the past hour and 40 minutes? Buddy, if this movie's not real, I want my four bucks back from Jeff Bezos. <laughs> this is why he's the richest man in the world. Because people yeah, this is how they get you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like walking to the computer to torrent this. It's yeah. fine. Oh, man. That kind of movie you have to talk about the same day you watch it. Because if we waited even a night, <laughs> I'd be reading yeah. the Wikipedia word for yeah, word. Because, like my God. Or <laughs> just... <laughs> you guys watch anything that we've all seen? Because I got fucking nothing. all right parker before we talk about it do we have any news in the world of film oh my god where to begin (laughs) you know what we'll start at the best story of all which is of course uh everyone's jerk of the week so go ahead and just scratch this one off your bingo cards here Mm -hmm. jurassic world (laughs) three see a college reference name in the headlines again it's like oh my god i forgot he existed comparing the jurassic world dinosaur to the joker Quote, <laughs> it just wants to watch the world burn. Unquote. I, oh, I am, I, like, like I knew that I was ready for this movie, but I am, like, so much more ready for this movie after having seen that. Like, we should have seen it coming after the incel raptor. Because, like, we, I saw that headline, I was like, all right, very funny. And then when I saw he just actually quoted the Dark Knight, I felt the room start to spin. <laughs> It's a fucking T-Rex. <laughs> it's like do, you think, do you think that T-Rex went in a crime alley and shot Bruce's parents? <laughs> <laughs> this is little T-Rex hands trying to pull the pistol out of a holster. It's just a bunch of dinosaur eggs <laughs> falling in slow motion and shattering. Imagine those little hands trying to rip the pearl necklace off Martha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you wrote this. There's down. somebody listening right now that's really mad that we think the Joker shot Batman's parents. <laughs> exactly. well, I just want you to know <laughs> whoever you are, go fuck yourself. <laughs> well, on to some somber news. Um, the summer of Morbius has come to a screeching halt as it records the biggest drop off percentage from first to second week for any Marvel movie ever. That includes all pre-MCU stuff. So I want you to know, I took a look at that list. Oh. Uh, in the top five, number four on that list, one Electra. So we're in <laughs> rare air today, boys. 
having that many people see it in one week and the entire world just going no thank you immediately afterwards is truly impressive I'll be immediately warning all their friends and families when by what I mean by that is podcast listeners saying no don't do it well, well hold on Chris is uh is, is that episode update like uploaded yet not yet we gotta get it out before that movie leaves theaters. Oh god, you're chance. right. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing the best I can here. <laughs> Just got the new moon one up, so Thanks. a living vampire. <laughs> Surely these guys. No one's are... ever really gone, Parker. They're yanking my chain. That's impossible. <laughs> and they got Doctor Whom. I love his stuff. I hope they have Daleks. Get the post. And uh, last but least, uh, Chris Pratt is now the voice of Garfield. What are we Fine, doing, guys? Whatever. What are we, we doing, guys? that for months? Like, no, 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 you're thinking of Mario. He was doing Mario. No, I, I thought, no, I thought this came out, like, not too far after that. Like, that came out, I was like, wait a minute, didn't we find this out, like, last fall? But, uh, everybody treated it like it was new, so maybe Look, just, we all forgot. I don't, I don't click headlines. Is Mandela headlines. alive in your universe? <laughs> yeah, dude. And Marcin Morbius <laughs> 3 tomorrow. Hop in. <laughs> Man. Dude, I want to be in that universe. universe. Absolutely. I would see Morbius before I ever, ever rewatch Electro or Daredevil, oh, which I'll talk yeah. about later. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your jerk of the week? Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. Okay, my jerk of the week is the other Alex. Okay, so she comes to my, my home here, my apartment that I pay money for, right? And she's like, oh, Chris, I got you a gift. And she looks me dead in the eye and hands me a Zemeckis cube. Now, I want to, like, if you look at this Zemeckis game, you might say to yourself, well, Chris, it's all the same color. Don't you just automatically win no matter what move you make? No, because, like, all the fucking sides are, like, different shapes and stuff like that. So if I turn it like this, it does that. And it goes to, like, all these, like, fucked up little, like, things, and it just becomes a non-cube anymore. So this is how I get zapped into the zone or whatever the thing is from... Fuck is that? Why would you buy that for somebody? Because she hates me, I guess. This thing is fucking ruining my life just looking at it. So, I that's pissing me off, and it's not even in my house. Yeah, it is one of the hardest cubes I have. Who are your jerks of the week? Try and talk. You have them all like displayed on a shelf or something? Uh, sort of. I got a table over there. I don't even actually collect cubes, but I had one on my desk, and people saw. I was like, "Oh, you like that one? Try solving this one." I was like, "Well, once you're the Rubik's cube guy, you're the Rubik's cube guy. Exactly. You can't can't do anything about it. That got me a job. It's self-perpetuating. Yeah, it got me a job. There you go. Yeah, people like the machine like looked at my desk, saw the Rubik's cube, was like, "Oh, he can solve complex problems," by which he means children's toys. So uh, that's how I got the VNOC thing. For your jerks of the week. <laughs> All right. Uh, I hate okay, my jerk too. of the week. <laughs> I want you guys to uh, take yourselves back to a uh, a different era, era when you know sometimes you'd be bored and you'd open up your web browser and you'd go to your favorite forum and you just read some topics, make some posts. You know how it goes. Uh, you know sometimes you gotta scratch that nostalgic itch at four in the morning when there's nothing better to do. So I stumbled on the blue site the other day and I find the following topic. Now, when I actually posted on this godforsaken website full of the world's biggest degenerates, my favorite topics were always the stupid hypotheticals that people would post and argue about. Oh, yeah. So naturally, I see a topic called, you get $100 million, but cryptids are real. Every single cryptid. And I'm like, well, I have to click that. 
So, you know, you go in there, the guy sets up the rules, like, all the cryptids are real, but, like, you can't invent new cryptids after you take the money, so you can't just, like, you know, use this to, like, infinitely create, uh, all sorts of weird fucking creatures or anything. And he's like, everything's real except for anything that's an extraterrestrial or tied to religion. So, like, everything else is on the table. So not just, you know, like, Squatch and Loch Ness, but, like, leprechauns and wraiths and banshees and shit like that. So naturally, people start arguing about different stuff. Um, because nobody can just accept the hypothetical as what it is. got to attack the guy that made the topic for right, engagement yeah. or fucking whatever. Yeah. Uh, a lengthy argument about whether leprechauns are technically cryptids because they're humanoids breaks out, to which somebody posts the following. Quote, Are you asking me if I want to be involved in an Artemis Fowl type of situation? Are retards also cryptids by your reckoning? <laughs> and that's just been in my brain for a week. <laughs> So that fucking guy is my jerk of the week. Because I the, cannot stop thinking about the, some guy asking if retards are encrypted. Oh my god. Oh no. I'm going to be honest with you. I love this show. I love everything about it. All I want to do is talk about this just for the next two hours. All I want to do is run down the whole thing. of like, okay, but like they're all real. So like, what counts? What does... I'm so I mean, happy. I can try show to answer has... some questions off this topic. If I'm you want. so happy the show has four cryptids on it. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like us. Just sitting there reading a newspaper. He's us as one of his own. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I got the cryptid blood. <laughs> I was drinking battery acid. <laughs> We record this in international waters. <laughs> That's a new studio. <laughs> uh, my jerk of the week, well, jerks plural, is uh, once again, everyone who doubted Skip Bayless. Hey, Lakers, enjoy watching Ambulance. You'll, be, you'll have plenty of free time next week. Suck a dick. Jerk Bayless is always correct. And every time the Lakers lose, I just immediately open Twitter and scroll. <laughs> it never, ever gets old to me. It's been the same gimmick for a decade. And yet. That's the thing I miss LeBron's most about Twitter trending, right now. It's so good. And then him just tweeting himself just with his Jordans on kicked up on the fucking studio desk. He's so cool. Oh, man. This world is going to miss him so much when he's gone. We are going to have to tell our kids about this guy. We're going to tell our kids about Skip Bayless before we tell them about fucking Ben Franklin, okay? He tags his own tweets, Drip Bayless. He's so cool. (laughs) Love him. What what did Ben Franklin ever do? Invent the stove? What be shit. Yeah. Meanwhile, right. Skip is cooking every day without one. Correct. Your thoughts? All right. <laughs> My thoughts. All right, so let's talk about what we watched this week. Oh, boy. Well, Parker, I finished Darkness Falls. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Sucks dude, ass, doesn't it? Yeah, weird to watch this movie after watching Manhunter. They both have tooth fairies in it. Um, Correct. <laughs> yeah. Alex, have you seen Darkness Falls? Which is encrypted. Yeah. It's encrypted, by the okay. way. Tooth yeah. Fairy. yeah. Counts. Okay. Darkness Falls, uh, which is a reference to the town where it takes place, and not like... Uh, oh, so this is Stephen King? 
It sounds like a Stephen King name for something, but like... <laughs> so funny, just off the bat, like, ooh, what a provocative title. Ah, here in the town of Darkness Falls. Just right. oh, go fuck yourself, thanks. See, that's the thing, is like Darkness Falls, I'm like, maybe it's gonna be like 30 days a night, right? When everything goes dark, things get scary, like every horror movie ever made. Uh, no, it's the name of the town. So, which by the way, I just wouldn't live there. You know, can you imagine, like, entering in, like, your mailing address to, like, an Amazon thing? Be like, yeah, mail it to Darkness Falls. <laughs> I'm not getting that anything. Uh, yeah, if you peek at the Tooth Fairy, then uh, she kills you. This movie's rated PG-13, so people knew what they were doing. It sure is. Uh, hey, it came out when I was a kid. It affected yeah. me. <laughs> it's not I, I don't mean to quote Mary Jo Peel, but uh, it stars no one and features nothing. I uh, This is not something that will ever stick to your ribs in any meaningful capacity, so... Cannot recommend it in good conscience. I will say that I tried watching more TV shows because the more TV shows I watch, more I realize, like, hey, I'm missing out on some good stuff. And it is, it's always been a struggle for me to finish them because it's a long run time and I, I just, I guess kinda, I kind of work better with movies, but, like, I am doing my best here. And I found one that's really good. And, uh, in fact, uh, it's a little bittersweet. I finally got around to watching Sports Show with Norm MacDonald. Man, what a good fucking show. We really missed out on that. I can't believe it only lasted one season. Uh, have you guys seen Sports Show with Norm MacDonald? I have mean, no idea what this, this is. Honestly. Yeah. Wow, I'm surprised. Okay, so this was a show on Comedy Central. The only way I can put this is it kind of reminds me of like, what if it was The Daily Show, but it was just about news, uh, it was just about sports, and it's hosted by Norm MacDonald instead of Jon Stewart. And. That's pretty much all you need. Now, I like the idea of a comedy show about sports news. I think that's a great idea. And the last time we had one of these that I thought was really good was Always Late with Katie Nolan, which I loved when that was on. I thought that was like one of the best shows that was on ESPN and didn't last, partially because uh, ESPN was kind of shitty. And Katie didn't really feel like doing it anymore. But anyway, the show with Norm was just him... Basically doing like weekend update, but with sports stuff and just making jokes about it. And it sounds extremely simple and it totally works. It's like astonishingly good. The opening joke, like the cold open before a theme song or anything is, uh, so Jessica Alba and Derek Jeter are dating and they're writing a, a book about it and you can read all about it. My review of this movie in my suicide note. And it just starts off with the music and everything. It was like, wow, that's a, that's a great cold open. Uh, one of my favorite segments on here, which I think is hysterical because I actually went to school to study some of this stuff, is he has his nephew on there, which is really an unrelated guy, but it's like, this guy plays a part of his nephew. And he's like, as soon as you see him, like, this guy is like an awkward guy, maybe he shouldn't be on camera and stuff. And he's like their field reporter. He goes to a, a UFC event, it's his first one. And it's the worst produced thing you've ever seen in your life. Like, he's so awkward. He's saying things that it's not even like cogent thought to these uh people in attendance he has no idea what's going on he he doesn't know how to stand or, or what it, it's produced like a powerpoint presentation all of a sudden there's like a picture of a motorcycle for no fucking reason it's so funny and uh norm is hysterical uh he's i i'd recommend it it's not very long uh i think it's only like what 11 episodes 11 12 13 episodes each like 22 minutes long and it aired in 2011. I think it's a great idea, but if someone were to bring back the idea of just like, yeah, The Daily Show, but sports, I don't know who'd do it. I think like Adam Rank tried something like that and it was just awful. And again, Katie Nolan did a great job. Um, 
I, I don't know. I, I think it'd be a great idea, but... Uh, uh, I got I, it. I, Rob Riggle. Oh, Continue. Well, that, there oh, we go. That's the one. You, you could be a it. studio executive with that sort of uh, line of thinking. Wow, funny uh, man. Jay Glazer's here. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I, man, I highly recommend it. It's where I got my current Discord name, which I still feel kind of bad about saying out loud. <laughs> Uh, it's it's great. Don't tease I, the audience. You gotta say it. You gotta say no, the whole thing. No, no, no. And it it just made me miss Norm some more. So I'll say that uh, sports show with Norm McDonald was excellent, and I do recommend it. Even though I guess you kind of have to go back to 2011, but we were watching sports back in 2011. There's a lot of Michael Vick jokes, for example. A lot of Khloe Kardashian jokes, for example. Uh, yeah, it's fun. I liked it. Wow, uh, Chris, I can't believe you wouldn't say your new Discord name. Chris is hella gay. You know, you're supposed to say it with, like, an accent or something, so... No, I'm good. Hey, Lois, Chris! I, <laughs> I don't need to do the Norm accent like you, Chris. It's fine. I didn't do the Norm accent, so... Anyway. Uh, well, His name is Ricardo Montalban. Don't cut it. <laughs> the people need to know you can't tease them like that. By the fine. time this I'm is up, we're all gonna forget what it, it was. Yeah, I already I'm broke the it. seal, man. It's fine. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> uh, well, you were quoting someone else, Anyway, uh, the other the thing I watched... Shut up. And I watched another TV show. This one's an anime, and this one was uh, recommended to me from the service VRV. Uh, VRV is uh, pretty good. They got a lot of cartoons on there, a lot of animated stuff, a lot of anime. And I remember seeing this one and being like, oh, fuck it, I'll put something on while I'm working. And it pretty much works as like a list of all the things I don't like very much about anime. It's uh, a romantic comedy thing in which... Uh, it's called, what is it called? Uh, science fell in love, so I tried to prove it, which uh, doesn't really work in English. Um, it's just one of those things where, like, no, let's just translate the Japanese, but not, like, translate it. We're just going to put the words exactly as to what they are in English, a direct translation. It's kind of stupid. The idea is there are these two, they're called science types, which is a very nice way of saying autistic. And uh, they think that they fall in love but they try to prove it scientifically which is obviously impossible i mean no one really knows how to even define love so they try a whole bunch of different things and the whole thing kind of pissed me off for a variety of reasons uh one i'm just kind of sick of big boobs in anime it's kind of pissing me off because it's not just like bad body images for girls but it's also like a bad standard of women's bodies for the guys who watch it See, there's this really big problem in Japan right now with, uh, I don't know how to say it, Hikiko Amoris or whatever. Like, the, the neats who won't go outside and won't take women. To the extent, like, the Japanese government and the anime industry is actually trying to address it and be like, guys, you gotta get out there and date women, okay? Can you please do that? Maybe the anime industry can help you, and I don't know how to tell them that, like, no, anime's the problem. Anime has always been the problem. People would rather watch the anime and jack off to that than go out and date women and be normal. And shows like this kind of make things worse. Even though they're trying to be like, they're trying to solve the stereotype. They're trying to be like, oh, here's a good way to treat women. Be respectful, etc. I'm like, yeah, I know. And like, I, I understand that you're trying here, but don't draw women like that. Because guys would rather date this 2D woman than a 3D woman. Also, there's a little girl on the show. And she's not even little. She's like in her 20s or something like that. But she's drawn like, the, like a little girl. They call them lolis or whatever. And it's... This is for pedophiles. And it's like, why did you put a pedophile character in here? And it, it, it really pisses me off. Uh, it's not very funny. It doesn't work. I don't recommend the show. And it, like I said, it's like my entire problem with anime. 
Which is a shame because there's some good anime out there. There really is. Like I've said, Satoshi Khan's work. Uh, what was the one that Alex watched? A uh, Mad Ox One or something? Metal Metal Steel. <laughs> 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 Sounds right. <laughs> I'm just saying, it was like there should be some middle ground, and that middle ground is violence, Jack. So, <laughs> all right, Damn, Chris, I gotta ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why the fuck did you keep watching this? I was about to ask, how much of it did you watch? I, I finished the whole thing because what? The uh, f- why? <laughs> I was I was working. I just kind of had it on in the background. You know, it was just like, oh, whatever. Oh my! I didn't feel like turning it off. It you knew within five minutes you were gonna hate it. No, I, I, no, that's not true. That's 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 not true at all. I, so you knew it was about a bunch of high school autistic high schoolers with giant not, tits. Not that, high school, thank goodness. Oh, if oh, it was high school, no, these worth, are adults. They're in college, and it, that made it like oh. that, no, that actually did make it like a little bit better. Because. Uh, Drawing high schoolers like that is somehow even worse. But, uh... Nah, it's like, I... There was also, like, the hope that it would get a little bit better as the show went on, and, uh... Unfortunately, it didn't. There was also, like, once you get invested enough in the story, you're like, well, I would like to see this through to the end. And, uh... I am happy that I finished it. It's not even the worst anime show I've ever seen. Uh, there, there's worse stuff oh, out there. well, I'm glad it cleared that bar. Yeah, well, it's not a very uh, high bar to clear. But, uh, I don't know, I just kind of... It does so many things wrong that also I wanted to kind of, like, go over all the things that it does wrong to try to communicate to people why I don't really like anime as a medium for the most part. Which is uh, beyond stuff like Earwig and the Witch. Thank you so much. <laughs> Uh, let's move on to something good for a change. I was shocked by how much I loved the Lego Batman movie. Hell yeah, dude. And I guess I shouldn't have been shocked because when I was a kid, Legos were my favorite toys. Those were like the coolest things in the world. And uh, I also like Batman a bit. And I haven't really grown up. So Lego Batman movie should have been just for me. And uh, for the most part, it is. I, I can definitely understand that it's made for a younger audience. And there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, I guess the the reason I was surprised is because when I saw the trailer, I was like, ooh, I hope this doesn't have too much Will Arnett in it. Because it kind of felt like he was just going to be talking the entire movie. And for the most part, he does, but he's he's good at it, though. He's His jokes are funny, and uh, he is funny. And uh, I, I like almost everything in the movie. There is, in fact, a very strange part of the movie that I liked. A part that ordinarily I would have despised. So, in this one, the Lego Joker gets sent to, uh, I don't know, bad guy heaven? Whatever. And there's a bunch of other villains there. But they're villains from other universes. And this is a Warner Brothers thing, so it's Voldemort, it's Sauron, it's uh, the Wicked Witch of Algae the East. Rhythm. Uh, basically, it seems like a forerunner of Algae Rhythm. Thank you for reminding me of what that was called. Uh there's a bunch of other, like, Warner Brothers properties. If it's a Warner Brothers villain, it's it's over there, as long as it can be shown in a PG movie, I guess. And I remember seeing that and being like, oh, they're doing the Warner Brothers thing. Like, you can kind of tell as soon as you see, like, Voldemort or, like, uh, the, the bad guys, the Agent Smiths from, like, The Matrix. Uh, they're like, oh, they're doing the Warner Brothers thing. And I didn't hate it. Which is weird, because, like, I hated it when I saw it in Space Jam A New Legacy, and I hated the idea of Tom and Jerry being like a new tentpole for Warner Brothers properties. This is like, well, they're just doing it because these are recognizable bad guys. I think if they had said the line, even if it had been like a tongue-in-cheek, like, wink to the audience, break the fourth wall, oh, these are all the properties that Warner Brothers would let us use, then I would have hated it. And I don't even think I would have liked the movie, but be, 
just the fact that they avoided that line was like, I'm okay with this. Uh, it's very easily the most visually impressive Batman movie, and that kind of says a lot because most of the Batman movies are very nice to look at. This one, you can tell, took so much work. A lot of people worked really, really hard on it. Like I've always said, if I can see the work that people put into it, I'm going to be a lot kinder. Uh, Voice acting's great. Uh, Michael Cera is really good as Robin. I was surprised that by how good he was. Ralph Fiennes is uh, one of the best Alfreds I've ever heard. Uh, I'm surprised by that one as well. Yeah, I... uh, I was shocked by how much I love this. There's also the, the idea is the way that the comedy is structured. They use a shotgun approach to throw in as many jokes as possible. And if one doesn't hit, you got another one coming. You don't even remember the joke that didn't land. Uh, Parker, you can go ahead and talk about this now. <clears throat> this movie was... That was a powerful uh, weekend for me. Because that came out the same day as two other big movies. Uh, we did not see uh, Fifty Shades Freed, unfortunately. Oh, but out. the weekend this came out, went to the theater, saw this, had a great time. Went out, drove over to the Alamo to see John Wick 2. Let oh, me tell you, yeah. that was a real good day in this house. Yeah, that sounds like it. I, like, easily like a top, at least top five Batman movie without thinking, probably close to top three, depending on how I'm feeling about the Burtons in any given time. Mm-hmm. Just enjoyable from start to finish. It's I, I think like this you is said, another... Like, visually interesting to look at. Oh, yeah. That's the thing, is like if you grew up with Legos, then you see this and you're just like, wow, that's a great idea. I never even thought about putting the Legos together that way. And it sounds weird, but I almost feel like making it on a computer is almost harder than doing it with the Legos because there's a tactile feel to the Legos. You're like, you feel this and like, oh, that's a slot that goes in over here or something like that. And for them to like see it and just have to put it all together on a computer, I, I'm sure they have like physical models somewhere on their desk so they could be like, oh, I'm going to use this piece or whatever. Uh, I don't know. I, I just thought that was about the coolest thing I had ever seen. As for whether it's a top Batman movie, I think it's kind of like uh, Batman and Robin in the sense that I, I can't make a top list of Batman movies because they're so different in so many different ways. Like, I'm not going to be able to like say this one's better than the other or something like that. It's I, I love it. I think it's... If it's not top five, then it's borderline top five for me. I don't know that I put it in top three because I just have so many that I like. I, I guess I just like Batman movies. But yeah, this one's actually good. Uh, Alex, have you seen this? No, I haven't. I, I've, I've only seen the... I think I've only seen the first Lego movie of all of the Lego stuff that they've done. Oh I've played a lot of the video games, one. but... Yeah, I yeah, there was. I saw that shit in theaters. I totally forgot that existed. <laughs> Wow, that movie is so, nothing. So weird, I love the Lego movie. I I thought it was just great. I Wait, did you say there's a second Lego movie? Yeah. yeah. Also, the Lego Are movie, sure? uh, <laughs> it's going down a peg, because that's why Chris Pratt's the voice of everything now. Yeah. Oh, I you know what? Chris that's Pratt fair. was in that. That's you fair. know, I, I want to get to the subject of the Lego movie, because Alex, I, did you like the Lego movie? I did, yeah. Yeah, I love yeah, you, the you, movie. I, I remember you thinking I was going to hate it because Will Ferrell's in it for 30 seconds. Uh, yeah, which, that's uh, right. Yeah. That's a misread. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, you got me. Well, anyway, uh, I also <laughs> love the Lego movie, and partially because it was written and directed by uh, one of my favorite duos in Hollywood right now, uh, Lord Miller, the Lord Christopher Miller. And I decided, you know what? I, I really like almost everything that those guys have done. I'm going to watch their first creation, rewatch their first creation, Clone High. Uh, oh, hell yeah. I forgot they were the Clone High guys. Yeah, that's that's how they get started. So I remember when I first saw it, I was in college. I, I didn't get a chance to watch it growing up. 
and I remember watching in college and loving it, and I just put it away for a while, didn't really revisit it, but uh, re-watching it, I think Clone High might be my pick for most underrated TV show ever. 100%. Thank you. I Thank love you. that show so, so much. I am shocked by how well it holds up, and I have to admit, like, part of it is I grew up in the era that they are satirizing. They're making fun of, like, 90210, COC, stuff like, oh, Dawson's Creek, all the uh, teen shows there, the very special episode. And this is, like, all the jokes there are specifically for my generation in some capacity. But there are some jokes that are just funny no matter what you do. I will say, like, one thing that really stands out for how funny it is, is you look at the animation style, how it's kind of flat. You got, like, the dark borders. They said it was influenced by Samurai Jack, which I can see. One of the lead animators went on to create the Total Drama Island series, which I can also see. The characters look kind of similar. Uh, What makes it so incongruous is the jokes. They make some extremely, like, adult level... Beyond just making adult jokes, like sex jokes, they they swear in the show. And it's like... These characters, they, they look almost like, uh, not quite as bad as Steven Universe or Gravity Falls or stuff like that with like the kind of samey-ish uh, looks for all the characters. And here they are making very adult jokes. And I think, I don't know if that's why it didn't catch on. I'll get to the cancellation bit in a, in a little. But just hearing some of these jokes and honestly seeing some of these jokes, which I'm surprised they got away with... There is a very obvious handjob joke in one of the uh, scenes in which uh, Gandhi gets arrested and uh, <laughs> Joan of Arc comes to visit him. And he's like, oh man, I haven't got a high five in so long. C- can you give me a-, a few like under the table? Everyone else is getting them. He cuts to a bunch of prisoners sitting at a table and all the, the wives are sitting there. And like you can see their arms going under the table and you hear this slapping sound underneath <laughs> And I'm just like, I can't believe I'm seeing this on a cartoon. That's so fucking hilarious. Uh, the jokes are... Th- there, there's like little bows. I don't even know how to describe why it's funny. It's the one with Marilyn Manson. I think it's the second episode. Which, by the way, that's the only time I've ever liked Marilyn Manson in anything is the song that he sings about the food pyramid. Uh, <laughs> I just wonder where it's like him, some like real life female judge where they make fun of her forehead, and some guy, DJ Razzy Peter, something like that. And he doesn't even say anything, he just goes, <laughs> and that's like his funny little thing that he does. And it cracked me up i had to watch it like 30 times because just the way that he does it is funny uh the writing is hysterical i i don't know my favorite but uh, character is but i think it might be mr butler tron he's uh just the way that he says <laughs> why don't you tell him how you feel <laughs> i great theme song too i uh the musical thing even the episode you think an episode oh jack black is going to be in there he's going to sing a rock opera about people getting addicted to races that's one of the best episodes it's really good <laughs> i uh the whole thing is fantastic and uh, i i will say that it's another one that's bittersweet because it was like the first time i watched twin peaks and it just ends and you're like no i want more of this this is great why wasn't this like a huge hit this is fantastic well, Lord and Miller have said, you know, like a joking way that like everything they've been doing since then, which they've been getting super popular off the stuff they did after this, like 21 Jump Street was a huge hit. Uh, Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs was a huge hit. Very underrated movie, by the way. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse, which they put their money into, was a huge hit. Uh, they keep saying that, like, and the Lego movie, of course, they keep saying that, like, everything we're doing is just trying to get Clone High back on the air. And um, I'm not sure how much they're joking about because every once in a while you'll see references to it. In the Lego movie, 
Will Forte plays Abraham Lincoln again in a cameo scene. There's a billboard in Into the Spider-Verse that says Clone College. And the way that the show ends is a cliffhanger that lets you know that, hey, there's a possibility we could bring this back because we feel really good about this. We'll say, uh, regarding the cancellation thing, it was about Gandhi. Uh, India was very upset that they portrayed Gandhi uh, getting his ass kicked. Uh, apparently that was a, that was a crossing line. They, they didn't want like, oh, all the shitty things that he says it does on the show are fine, but him losing a fight, that's that's not enough. Uh, I will say this, Gandhi in real life, not the greatest person. Not, not exactly as great as he was uh, made out Probably to not the greatest fighter either, let's be Also, real. yeah, you know, well, isn't there that line in uh, Fight Club about, I'd fight Gandhi, because it's like skinny people fight till they're burger. <laughs> <laughs> He might have been talking about Abe Lincoln, you know, another guy. Actually, funny story, there's a, you know, on Letterboxd, you can make custom lists, and someone made a a, a Clone High uh, movie list where it's just all the different biopics based on the characters uh, from that show. I was like, wow, Gandhi and JFK and Abe Lincoln, those are really great, but, oh, then I guess you'd have to watch the four-hour version of Cleopatra. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing bad has ever <laughs> I'm not used to tragedy. <laughs> that, that's a show. That's a show that I uh, I watched when it was airing. Um, I just assumed it got canceled because it was on at like 10 p.m. on Mondays, and like who the fuck was staying up for that mm-hmm. on MTV? Yeah. But uh, um, I rewatched it once in high school, and I still remember so many fucking bits from that show, despite the fact that my brain is fucking pudding and I can't remember what I had for dinner. <laughs> like. <laughs> I feel like I've probably said who says a giraffe can't play football about 150 times in my life. <laughs> There's even, like, jokes that are, like, clearly making fun of, like, people like me. And one of my favorite ones is that film festival episode where Joan of Arc creates basically one of those French impressionist movies about how much she loves Abe and no one has any idea what the fuck's going on. And I look at him except like... For, except for Freud. Yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, she likes Abe. <laughs> I think the, my favorite thing about it is that, like, I watch it and be like... Fuck, that seems like the sort of joke that, like, Parker and Alex would be like, yeah, it's the kind of movie Chris watches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do. So, uh... But actually, though. Yeah. Man, that was great. Even Andy Dick is funny in this, as the police officer. <laughs> Just the way he talks is funny. I, I like the shadowy government figures. Principal Scudworth, to me, is hilarious. I... It's perfect. I, 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 don't, I don't think there's a flaw in this show. And uh, I'd pay 50 bucks for the DVD right now. Just, just That's one of those things you want on the mantelpiece. You're like, no, 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 I got it. You can't take this away for anything. I think you can actually find it on uh, YouTube now uh, until they take it down. And if you don't want to watch it for free, in case you're stupid or something, you can watch it on, I think, Paramount+. Plus. Now, here's some more good news. I'm pretty sure this is, uh, we may have mentioned this on the podcast, but Lord and Miller are planning to bring it back this year. So, oh hell yeah, dude! Dude, if that's not the best news in the world, I like like I said, I fucking love Clone High, one of the best shows ever made. All right, oh, getting out of something worse here, uh, Parker. I watched uh, Bad Taste. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. It does not yeah. look great. Yeah, as it turns out, it is not a very good movie. It was this is the first movie by Peter Jackson. Now. Peter Jackson's obviously well-known for the Lord of the Rings movies, uh, and he's also kind of well-known for, like, people look at his early stuff and they go, how the hell did he get Lord of the Rings? <laughs> like, we've already done an episode on uh, Brain Dead, a.k.a. Dead Alive, but he got the money to do that from this movie, Bad Taste. And I will say that 
I don't like hate this movie. It's not like offensive. It didn't offend my sensibilities, even though it is very gory. Uh, you that, that's triggered, a, Chris. What was that? <laughs> you weren't triggered, Chris. No, yeah. I was not triggered. I was just disappointed because I was kind of going in here being like, kind of hoping for Evil Dead. I think a lot of people need to take a step back. Really, Evil Dead's like an actually pretty good movie, and also it's like a lot more impressive to see what they did there. Bad Taste kind of feels like a Z movie with some really good special effects. There's not a whole lot that works here. And I get it, there's some satire in here, but I can barely understand the dialogue. Uh, the acting is really not very good. The, the dialogue's hard enough to hear on its own with a poor sound recording. And I, it really just didn't do a lot for me. So I don't recommend it. Unless you're trying to fill out the list. In which case, give up now. It's mine. You can have it. <laughs> Yep, thank you. <laughs> Show me. All right. <laughs> and now, last one. Uh, I try not to be too hyperbolic. I usually leave that for Alex, but everything, hey. everything, it's everywhere, true. all at once is one of the best movies I have ever seen in my life. Uh, and that's almost selling it short. It's one of the best works of art I've ever seen in my life. And I, and I will dial back the hyperbole here. This is a movie where if you watch it, it's not going to change movies. I don't think it's even going to change the way that you see the world. But I don't know how you watch this movie and not come away at least impressed. And I didn't say a little impressed, like just like at least middling level of impressed here. It is so visually stunning, so imaginative, so creative... Another one where you could see all the hard work that went into it. it. Fantastic performances from everyone who's involved here. The editing is great. Uh, the music's great. Even if some of the jokes don't work for you, even if like the idea of having hot dog hands doesn't work for you, fine, whatever. Uh, I think I've mentioned everything everywhere all at once a couple times. Just like I'm really excited. I saw the trailer. I thought, wow, that looks really cool. I like the directing team. They're the ones who did uh, Swiss Army Man and the music video for Turn Down for What. Um I like Michelle Yeoh. Uh, this has even got a breathing fire survivor. Kei Hoi Kwan is in this. And he is good. He is so, so good in this. He's like the heart of the movie. I'm so happy he's in this. James Hong is in it. Fucking love James Hong. He's great. Uh, still kicking, by the way. 90 years old and still acting in movies. I guess he needs the money. So... I, I I really think you guys should get out to see this in a theater. Uh, to tell you the story is, I almost don't want to spoil it because it's so much fun. Just to put it the way that, like, apparently when the when it was posted to IMDb, uh, Daniels requested that they not spoil the title. So the synopsis just read, "A woman tries to pay her taxes." So uh, one of the other things I like about this movie is that uh, it has the good sense to remind me to pay my taxes. So I got my W twos right over. So I'll get on that. Oh, fuck. Ooh, I need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. call. <laughs> That's the reason the other Alex didn't visit this week. She's like, I have to pay my taxes. So It takes like 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. as what it are turns you guys out. Doing? Yeah, as it turns out, it feels lost like. Lost track uh, of time, my man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was getting around. No, I, I don't mean that. I mean, you guys are good. I mean, who the fuck is like, sorry, I can't hang out. I have to pay my taxes. You can literally do that while you're fucking driving, man. Yeah, Alex. Anyway, so uh, who knows? Uh,. I, I loved it. It's, I don't want to get too, like, hyperbolic or anything. I, I, and I also don't want to be too vague. I'm sick and tired of being, like, vague about this. Yeah, it was just really good. Fine, whatever. Uh, there's a great representation of the Asian American community, specifically from an immigrant standpoint. Uh, 
there is a very heartfelt message. It's not just very funny the whole way through. There's some real heart there. There's a scene over a vast, lifeless expanse of just two rocks sitting next to each other, not even moving. And it nearly moved me to tears. And the way that it's shot lends itself to this. It's, the other thing is, this is a science fiction fantasy film that's about something. It's not about good versus evil, which, by the way, is how a lecture begins. It's about good versus evil. <laughs> <laughs> I, this, to me, is... Um, it gave me that special feeling. That, that special feeling where as soon as I walked out of the theater, I went right up to the ticket booth and asked for another ticket because I was like, I need to see this in theaters again just to make sure. And a lot of my favorite movies that I've ever seen in theaters have made me want to go rewatch again. Mad Max Fury Road was another one. The Dark Knight Rises was uh, the other. So, Alex, what did you watch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a movie I'll get to. Yeah. I, it, like, I, uh, I've heard well, so many it, good things about it. It's A24, so don't bother. I, I, that's why I haven't seen it, buddy. <laughs> that's fair. Unironically, the only reason I haven't seen it yet. An important thing, though, to note that The Northman is not... A24, so... Yeah, but, like, it might as well be. <laughs> yeah. It it, it, well. it it looks... It feels like the, the two companies got, like, switched up there, because this well, one doesn't really feel like an A24. Everything Everywhere All at Once doesn't feel like it. Well, that's a good thing to hear, because you yeah. did just tell me about a, a, a held shot of absolutely nothing with two rocks in the middle. So I just kind of figured, oh, that, is it going to be uh, eerie sound? Is the camera going to go upside down? Are we going to get some cool A24 tricks? No, but, there's um, nothing good to hear about, about the movie. Impressive... Oh, yeah, one more thing to say on this movie... Chekhov's butt plug. And now we're talking. <laughs> Two rocks sitting outside of 7-Eleven. <laughs> would you contemplate your life's purpose? <laughs> that dude is so mad. <laughs> yeah, Alex. Uh, I, I, will, I will be seeing the Northmen. If Ooh. for no other reason than to come on here and be like, God damn it, you guys fucking tricked me. Like, uh, yeah. Um, just a couple to get through here. So, uh, I know one of you guys talked about this fairly recently, but, uh, I watched The Artist Self-Defense this week. Oh, Parker uh, talked dude. about that. I have to see that. Is that any good, Alex? Dude, Did you like it? Is Jesse Eisenberg good? He's so fucking he's good. good. No, he's good. He's, we know he's good. He is so fucking good in that movie. He's an asshole in real life. So he's, like, much. impossible to work with. He's a piece of shit. I don't know how he has friends, but as an actor, he knows what he's doing. I love this movie. The it's escalation. one of those. Oh, so good! It's one of those movies where, like, you like to say that the movie becomes something else, sort of, isn't a spoiler because you can right, tell yeah. from five minutes into the movie that it's going somewhere. Mm -hmm. But man, that payoff is so good! Yeah, the, yeah. Holy fucking shit! That payoff. The the second the movie becomes itself, you're like, oh, oh, this is what we're watching now. Yes, yes. So here's one of the reasons I was reminded of the art of self defense before uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. They played a trailer for a new movie from the makers of the art of self defense. I was like, oh man, I want to see that one. What's this one going to be? It's a movie called Duel, spelled D U A L, as opposed to D U E L, which is a Spielberg movie about a truck. A woman is dying. She has a terminal illness. So she goes to the doctors and they're like, we're going to create a clone of you so that you can live on after your death. Then something goes wrong. She lives. And so she's like, okay, well, now was me and the clone are like, okay, well, the fight to the death will be in one year. And she's like, wait, what? So she has to train to kill her own clone to decide which one is going to continue to live. And the trailer looks exactly like the trailer for Art of Self-Defense, which leads me to believe these are going to be very similar movies. So 
I think I really gotta watch Art of Self Defense before this one comes out because they you, both look really good. You will love that movie. I think I, Matt if I know anything too, right? about your taste, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. If I know anything about your taste, you will love that movie. I bet. All right. Look, it's it's a movie about adult karate, dude. Oh like, well, that, come never on. mind. That's, yeah, that, no, that's <laughs> just to get your foot in the door too. Yeah. <laughs> Do they have a guy eating cake with his hands? Uh, no, but eating with oh. your hands does play in prominently sure. in a certain point. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Can't wait to get accepted I... the night classes, my friend. <laughs> Again, I, I don't want to say too much about oh. this movie because Chris hasn't watched it. But when he walks into the fucking dojo and starts breaking every rule on the wall in order, like, no drinking, no feet on the mat, like, shit, like, just, it's, it's unbelievably good. Oh, I gotta see this. Yeah, you, out this weekend. you oh my will goodness. have a good time. Yeah. But yeah, considering my last two Eisenberg movies were that and American Ultra, I'm, like, pro-Eisenberg now. I don't know how that happened. I guess I gotta go watch and be Lex Luthor. To, to, I, to I will admit, like, yeah, that's a bad performance, but also it's Batman v Superman. There's not much there. <laughs> my last two were a social network and him as Marcel Marceau in the Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> You're welcome, buddy. All right. Well, I've got the middle ground, 30 minutes or less. So. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, continuing a tradition on this podcast of me seeing you know big middling theater movies so you don't have to thank you i was able to get a ticket to uncharted still somehow oh my god wow. yeah right that that ticket's worth more than the gold in the movie <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah perfectly fine movie just oh. extremely adequate if this were on netflix i think like people would have really liked it because well first of all because it's better than anything netflix puts out yeah but like Fucking every three days, there's a viral Twitter post. But why don't they make adventure movies anymore? Well, they do. You just didn't go fucking see it. Like, <laughs> that's literally what that movie is. It, it's yeah. and it's really funny because uh, it's extremely obvious that this script has been around for a while and it was written for Mark Wahlberg to play the young guy because it's just <laughs> like Tom Holland doing Mark Wahlberg quips at Mark Wahlberg, and it's really really funny. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, my favorite thing about this movie is that it's bright. I, I know that sounds like such a dumb thing to say about a movie, but No, like, that's, I get you. It's, it, the, the movie, it's not like, other than, like, the climactic scene, it's not like the whole thing takes place in a tropical jungle or anything, but, like, the whole movie, like, has, like, the color palette of a movie that takes place in a tropical jungle, and it's, like really going for that adventure movie vibe. It's very clear that this movie wants to be, you know, the next version of, like, National Treasure. And honestly, it does a pretty okay job of it. I, I think if more people saw this, we would have gotten a couple more of these, at the very least. I mean, I don't know now, but uh, I actually, I don't know how poorly it did. I know it was, like, a little bit disappointing for them, but, like, yeah, man, that's one of the better video game movies I've seen. It's... Well, another low bar to clear. <laughs> exactly, but uh, um, yeah, you can do worse with your time. You just you want to just see Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg just do quips at each other, like that are all clearly supposed to be Mark Wahlberg quips. Like there you go, it's right there for you. Yeah, I think whoever directed this is the sixth director that was attached to it. Ooh. Something like that. Yeah, yeah that went deep at one point. Yeah, there was a, a lot of versions. Yeah, Parker, when this is on streaming, I'm sure I'll hear from you about it. No, I'm, yeah, you already know. 
Yeah, it's it's just like you just put this on in a room with people. And be like, oh wow, those two hours went by crazy fast. Like, like I have zero desire to watch it, but that's yeah. that's just content for the show right here. I mean, that's a it's a Mark Wahlberg adventure yeah. movie. Come on now. Yeah, yeah, it's we got to fill some time. <laughs> and uh, last thing I watched this week, I uh, as our resident Michael Mann correspondent, I have watched the pilot of Tokyo Vice. Ooh, how is it? Uh. You want to hear people call Ansel Elgort a gaijin for 45 minutes? Yes. All right, then you're in. Fuck yeah. It's just seedy Japanese underworld and this fucking doofy white guy who works for the the Japanese newspaper doing all the crime reporting and just getting yelled at for sucking and going to hostess clubs and like having to help some bald fat guy get his money back. It's 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 pretty good. I, I, I am excited to watch more of this. I think there's only three episodes up right now. Um, I'm probably, when we're done recording, going to watch the other one and a half that I haven't seen yet. So, yeah, strong recommends from the from the early going. Love to hear that. I had no idea that was coming out. I just saw a random trailer when I booted up HBO Max one day. It was like, a Michael Mann movie about CD underground Japanese? Like, what... How did no one tell me? How did no one in my life pull well, me aside they, to make me It's aware? a show. It's not a movie. but Yeah, uh, but I mean, but still, I, even if that, it's just yeah, the yeah, pilot yeah. he's doing, I'm still interested. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that's all that he did. And I have, like, you can tell a little bit that it's not him in the second one. But uh, don't care. Great premise. Yeah, a lot of, dudes, lot of dudes blowing smoke in each other's faces in seedy dark rooms. It's exactly oh. what I want. Oh, I just clutched my heart. Just, Thank just, you. Just, I, I, if you give Michael Mann no other credit in life, at least know that he, above any other director, understands how important it is to have people in movies smoking cigarettes that actually know how to smoke a cigarette. Because there's nothing that bothers me in movies more. Well, I mean, there are a couple things, but almost nothing in movies that bothers me more than someone who's clearly never smoked anything in their life trying to smoke a cigarette in a movie. This, it's like, oh yeah, no, you guys know what you're doing. Cool. I'm in good hands. I'm happy. Uh, yeah. Bef- before you pass it on, uh, do you tell me what you thought about that WrestleMania match, buddy? Oh, that's <laughs> yes, right. sir. Yeah. So Parker discussed last week the, uh, <laughs> the Jackass crew versus Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. And I can corroborate that everything he said was not made up. And also, it's maybe the hardest I've laughed this year. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> It got to the point that, uh, so we put it on, she wanted to watch the Stone Cold match for some reason, and, like, I was like, alright, cool, we'll watch that, and then we'll watch the Johnny Knoxville match, and then Peacock just, like, broke and wouldn't play anything from the first day, so I was like, alright, I guess we're only watching the one that I want to watch, and, uh, I was laughing so hard that she was, like, trying to get her phone not to take a video of it, because she'd never seen me laugh like that, so, (laughs) (laughs) it was real good. I'm happy to share that with you. I'm happy she got to experience you at, like, true peak happiness. Watching a small man emerge from under the ring and get kicked in the face. It didn't matter that I knew Wee Man was coming when he came out. Just, like, the biggest pop in my living room. It's insane. (laughs) Oh, man. The table full of mousetraps. Oh, my God. (laughs) What a fun thing to say out loud. I loved that, like, even on the fucking standard death Peacock stream of it, you could see that the giant human-sized mousetrap was just made of, like, painted PVC pipe. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. What a film. 
<laughs> when, <laughs> when Sami Zayn comes down and starts taunting Tremaine and Dark Shark, and Dark Shark tries to leap over the barrier, <laughs> I was just like, yes, yes. <laughs> Dark Shark being there really, really amplified it for me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The frantic cutaway as he starts crip walking in the ring. <laughs> Absolute hero. All of them. You know what? Vince has still got it. Gotta say. He sure does, let me tell you. Oh, man, that stunner he takes is one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen in my life. He takes a Stone Cold stunner like when you take like a 30-minute shit at work. And, like, you hear your name on the walkie, so you stand up, and your knees just buckle immediately, like, no, nah, <laughs> blood ain't there yet, buddy. Sit down. Good for him. I guess. He's gonna live to be 100. Doesn't matter. Oh, well, absolutely. Hopefully he's got a, he's got a little blood boy like the Queen. <laughs> him and Jerry Jones are both gonna outlive me. I've come to terms with it. <laughs> Alright, what you got, buddy? Well, uh, we've all been riding high off Morbius, obviously. Like, we Actually, all know this. The We're living vampire. That's yeah, what exactly. they call him. The vampire who lived. Uh, so, uh, I'm looking through Jared Leto's filmography, trying to find, like, actual good movies. Uh, pretty short list. Didn't feel like watching Requiem for a Dream again, because yeah. everything's kind of bad enough already. Movie. Don't need that in my life. Yeah. Then I realized, like, oh yeah, like, I remember my mom watching Panic Room, but I haven't sat down and watched it. So I popped that on because it was streaming on something. It's a really fucking good movie, as it turns out. Oh. Like, that's a Fincher movie that just never, ever, ever gets brought up. But it's really good. Turns I out like that a, was Fincher. Yeah, turns out it's oh, like yeah. a tight little thriller with like a bunch of really good actors oh. and a super young Kristen Stewart, who I didn't know at the time was anyone. Because, you know, I was 12. Yeah. Uh, yeah, great movie. It's like, I think it's right at two hours or just under. Mostly in one location. Yeah, it's, it's what you want. It's exactly what you want. Yeah, I had completely forgotten it was a Fincher thing. I only knew because I was looking through, after I watched The Social Network, I was looking at all of his stuff and seeing what I hadn't seen yet. So yeah, uh, one of the two, three good Jared Leto movies. The only one that didn't get mentioned was Lord of War, so yeah. Uh, yep, that's, yep, that's up there. That would have been a good call, actually. Mm-hmm. Eh, you got, you got this week for it. Yeah. I'll watch more beasts again, then I'll watch a little four. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Alex, I have a movie for you. Oh. <laughs> it's, a, it's a 90s action film. Sold. This film is called TC2000. Now, the okay. premise of this movie is, what if Universal Soldier was shittier and cheaper? <laughs> now... We are in the far distant future of the year 2000. The environment is totally fucked. Yes. Food, water, and air have been poisoned by pollution. Most of the people die off. And all the rich people move underground. A bunch of killers form gangs and either kill each other off or try and break into the underground to steal food and water. This is where we learn that our hero, Billy Blanks, is a TC. A tracker (laughs) communicator. Their job is to track these gang members, either kick them out or terminate them. Now, now, we spend a lot of time just treading water and getting to different fight scenes because that's the kind of movie this is that was made for like 10 grand and released at Blockbuster. So like a good chunk of the opening is like, oh, Billy Blinks has beef with a fellow tracker, a humongous muscular German man. 
And, you know, they start to get to an argument. And this is where we learn, hey, trackers, when they have problems, they solve it one way. In the gym. So they just cut to them shirtless, beating the shit out of each other while everyone <laughs> cheers around them. Yes. Uh, and also, uh, the German guy, like, it's someone you've never heard of before, but all of his credits are just movies that sound absolutely sick. It's just straight-to-DVD martial arts trash from Toronto. You love to see it. Now, we meet the main antagonist, uh, <laughs> a gangster named Nicky Picasso. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> he is played by Cynthia Rothrock's partner from all three of the Tiger Claw movies. Oh my god, that so, guy? <laughs> yeah, dude. So, uh, him and his gang, you know, they're trying to get underground. And, uh, boy, we just have a lot of Billy Blanks doing a lot of Tybo flying kicks. Uh, his partner, an attractive white girl, gets brutally murdered. You hate to see it. Every single line from Billy Blanks is ADR'd in. I don't know how bad it was originally, <laughs> but it is, it is real Morbius hours. But more importantly, uh, Billy Blanks finds out, uh... Everything's wrong, there's a cover-up, blah, 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 it doesn't matter. The plot is very convoluted, but he resigns, so the boss sends the giant German man to murder him, and also frames him for the murder of his partner. So he has to escape to the surface. He has to find a new identity to get back at him. And that, when up there, he finds a street fight where the winner gets clean water, and that is where he meets Bolo Young. <laughs> <laughs> Parker, can I ask a question? Absolutely. Is the large German man Brackus? No, you oh. would think so, but he is a very large German man. Brackus was too busy for this. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> <Fucking> Brackus. <laughs> I had to think about it. I was thinking the whole time. Wait, what was it? What was the... uh, so, anyways, the uh, attractive uh, white girl partner that was murdered, uh, she is revived and programmed as a cyborg assassin. Do we have any questions going forward? <laughs> no, I'm good. Uh, she meets up with Billy. He's like, oh my god, you're alive. And she's a robot lady, so she just beats the shit out of him. So the middle act of this movie is Bolo Young training him to fight the cyborg lady. <laughs> um, we find out that uh, they're going to infiltrate a facility that was originally meant to counter the ecological damage. But was, of course, uh, turned into a chemical weapons factory. And now there's a giant nuke in there. And the last 20 minutes of this movie is just a bunch of people in an empty missile silo jumping and screaming and kicking each other. Uh, five stars. The end credits, it does, does like they did on like old TV shows where it, like, it would show like the actor's name and then show the actor. Except every time it shows the actor, they're just like doing a demonstration with a weapon they never used in the movie. <laughs> it is incredible. It's a sequel like, tease. It's like starring Billy Blakes, and he's just like standing there wearing sunglasses using nunchucks. No one uses nunchucks the entire movie. Oh. Uh, ten stars out of five. Uh, absolute masterpiece. Love to see it. I should have watched this instead of Electra, but you know, we did what we did. Uh, a movie that's not a masterpiece is uh, John Carpenter's Heinz Ward. Uh, not a very good movie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Are this one's familiar. I have not watched it, but I I heard enough about it when I watched uh, Rich Evans and Mike Staclasa talk about their top, uh, or maybe it was Jay Bauman, I don't remember, talk about their top uh, John Carpenter movies. I think it was Jay. It was Jay and Rich. They're talking about their top Carpenters. Yeah. 
And they were like, they mentioned the war, and I was like, I guess I haven't watched any of his movies, because I've seen, like, only the good ones. <laughs> well, here's the thing, like, at the end of the day, it's not that bad. Like, it's it's bottom five, like, without even thinking, for Carpenter. But also, mm-hmm. that's out of Carpenter movies. Yeah. Like, you have seen easily 400 worse movies in the horror genre in the last couple years. Like, it's not good, but you have seen so much. The fact that it's John Carpenter and this is his last movie and will probably remain his last movie is what really sours it. But other than that, it's just like, uh, it's a it's a bad movie with a lot of jump scares and a really shitty twist. I mean, what gets to me here is that the way that you said it, it feels like a mercenary job. Like, he's just doing this for the money. I think the year of release is what's really important here. I have a feeling that he was just like, you want me to drink? Oh, you're going to pay me? All right, uh, whatever. And he, well, he thing- just did. I don't think he cares about his name. I, I don't think well, he cares. He was done directing. Like, he was full yeah, on retired. Exactly, and then yeah. he got roped into doing the Masters of Horror show on Showtime. Oh, and right. he had a great time doing it. Loved the experience and wanted to get back into it. And after this, he was like, you know what? I, fuck it. Oh. Which, which again, oh. I respect. Because, like, you, uh, you are now very familiar with a lot of horror directors. Yeah. How many of them have, like, five or six of these at the end of their career? Oh. They just keep trying to be like... No, no, we're we're gonna get one back. We're gonna get you know we're gonna get these people together. We're gonna get this going. Go out on a high note. He just made this. No one liked it. He went, ah, eh, fuck it. I'm gonna yeah. go play Xbox. You know, I, I will say that that, that Masters of Horror thing throws a monkey wrench into the gears of my argument. I, uh, I mean, obviously his heart wasn't in it. It doesn't look like uh, from the few clips I saw. It that doesn't look like a John Carpenter movie. And if it doesn't look no, like a John Carpenter not movie, not at all. <laughs> Not well, even you know what? a little bit. Fine. You know, like, he's one of those guys where he can make as many bad movies as he wants, so, like, he still made the thing, you know? Yeah, no one's gonna remember this. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's exactly. like the Bruce Willis argument where he's been making all this shit for years. It's like, if he dies tomorrow, all we're gonna talk about is Die Hard. None of those movies yeah, exactly. exist. It doesn't yeah. matter. Like, it does not affect his legacy one bit. Yeah. And the thing so, is, uh, it's not just the one. I mean, obviously, like just like Bruce Willis has also Pulp Fiction and Unbreakable, he's got uh, John Carpenter has Halloween. He's got uh, a Big Trouble in Little China. He's got They Live. He's got all these Ghosts of Mars. Ghosts of Mars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, of course, <laughs> he has Mars, a run of like though. ten movies in a row where any single one of them is like, oh yeah, pick one at random. That's one of my five favorite movies in the history of film. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, this, this doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look at the shit that fucking Wes Craven put out at the end. Oh. Toby Hooper, like. It's it doesn't matter. Uh, so I'm just gonna spoil it because like look, go please. I'm dumb as fuck, right? Yeah. I'm not a bright person. Even I, 15 minutes in, I'm like, okay, well clearly all the girls in this asylum are the same person. Like, I'm not. I'm I'm dumb, but I'm not that dumb. Like, is it every like single? It. That's the issue. Oh, is that we wait until like the last 10 minutes for the big reveal. That literally anyone can see coming. Because even if you think, like, are they all the same person? And you just pay any attention. You're like, okay, well, not a single nurse or anyone has acknowledged any of these other characters. They're all always talking to the main character. Like, it's very clear that it's all just a... Because the fucking movie's uh, Amber Heard, which... Oof. uh, Gets picked (laughs) up, taken to an asylum. It's like the 60s or something. About time. Yeah, for real. And just the whole movie is them in the asylum getting picked off by some demon thing. And by the way, it looks so shitty. Just dog <laughs> shit makeup. It's oh. not good. But like, it's just girls getting picked off. And you're like, okay, so it's it's a split personality thing, obviously. Because every single character... Um, 
I heard them described as basically just the Spice Girls. It's like, what are you? Oh, I'm the sporty one. That's my entire character. Oh, hello. I'm the shy one. What does she do? Oh, she's shy. Cool. That's the that's the loud one over there. Cool. That's their whole character. And when the entire movie builds to a twist that you see coming, it means you don't get to build on anything else. None of these characters have any depth whatsoever because they're not real. So you're just spending a lot of time with people that are have absolutely nothing to them. Uh, there's no world to explore. Everyone is flat because every single piece of this movie like, is in place just to build to the twist that even I could see coming. And my god, me half paying attention, checking out almost immediately, like, oh yeah, it's all the same girl, whatever. Yeah. And then just like, I mean, some of the kills are kind of cool, I guess, but not cool enough. Like, I can't imagine a world where I ever rewatch this. There's just nothing there. It's, it sucks. And like, the whole thing with it being Carpenter is what, like, makes it stick out in people's mind. If this was just made by some fucking nobody and I watched this, it would just be another thing I watched, look at my letterbox before the show and go, like, I don't have anything to say about that. And that's the last time I ever think about it. It's logged, gets its two stars, and then it just goes into purgatory. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest problem uh, is that this came out the same year as Shutter Island, which uh, did this <laughs> a little bit better. Just a little bit. Uh, yeah, not great. Uh, you will watch it just to knock out all of Carpenter because you're you and I'm me and we all understand that. So, Parker, you're saying it's like Knives Out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Is the ward on the list? Ah! Safe! It can't be. Yes. It's... I don't have to watch it. <laughs> it was another case where you th- want to be like, well, maybe this is like the last... Uh, like uncovered gem of Carpenter, you know, like all of his movies with time and distance. Like, nah, it's just it's a really shitty uh, twenty ten slash. You know, movie. mentioning uh, mentioning the list and also mentioning Wes Craven is a little surprising. It's not on there because I think a lot of the entries on the list are when you get like a thousand movies on there, no one's going like bit by bit like, oh, this one's better than this one, and like six hundred eighty nine is so much better than six hundred ninety, you know. Uh, I have a feeling that what they do is they're just like, yeah, let's just get all the Wes Craven movies in there. Because there's a lot of Wes Craven movies that probably shouldn't even be there. Similarly, uh, I'd assume they would do the same thing with John Carpenter. Why not just, yeah, John Carpenter directed? Fuck it, put it on there. Uh, they've done that with like some of them where it's like, this is clearly not a horror movie and shouldn't be on there. It would have been funny if Starman was on uh, the horror movies list. But like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if The Ward was on there and... Like, really? It, just from what I saw, it looks mediocre. It doesn't even look, like, bad or anything. It just looks like... I mean, that can't be as bad as, like, Wrong Turn. No. And, like, even then, like, it doesn't look like a Carpenter movie, but there's still some moments you're like, that's some good camera work right there. That man loves a long lens, and I love that for him. He's so good. But but a John Carpenter movie ending on a shitty jump scare really hurts my soul. Oh. It's like, no, man, you're better than that. Come on. Yeah. That that's just ending on that note is the final sting of like oh, you didn't you didn't have to do this you make right. you get a check every time they remake Halloween like you don't have to and he doesn't I mean good for him he just makes music with his kids that's what I would do watches basketball like he's having a great time yeah, he rules I don't think he has any urge ever to direct again because fucking why would you put yourself through that he's exactly. not a twenty year old dealing with like. Oh man, they cut our budget in half again. We gotta scrap it. It's like, I'm fucking old. I don't need this. None of this matters. 
Uh, so yeah, not not great. But I've officially watched all of his stuff except one of his Masters of Horror episodes. Except for which, Lolita. Uh, <laughs> what if he did the 1997 remake? <laughs> Questionable career choices. Uh. <laughs> yes, let me talk to you about the Daredevil director's cut real quick. Oh. Daredevil is a mo- That's a movie that like I'd seen. I didn't see it in theaters because I was I a fucking loser with no friends. But like... It's like all these movies that came out of uh, 20th Century Fox. We all at FX. We've all been home on Sundays. You've seen Daredevil. You might not have sat down with a fucking bucket of popcorn and a soda. But you've seen Daredevil. So I was like, you know what? There's a director's cut of this. Like, fuck it. If I'm gonna... This will be the last time I watch this movie. God willing. So like... Yeah. <laughs> might as well just do the damn thing. So, uh, when I realized that the director's cut was 30 minutes longer, (laughs) I felt like the world's biggest asshole. But Parker, what comprises most of that 30 minutes? Oh, don't worry, uh, just Matt Murdock and Foggy Nelson trying to get Coolio off on a murder charge. (laughs) What? So that was, uh, that was my day today, was that an Electra? (laughs) That is such a long day. And... Here's the thing. Daredevil is not good. I'm not going to sit here and lie to your faces and tell you it's good. Skip, but, comma. (laughs) It sucks in such a very specific 2003 way. Or, like, after the last decade of every one of these movies looking the same, it it kept my attention. (laughs) Not for good reasons, mind you, but... I mean... When's the last MCU movie you saw that had two Evanescence songs? That's, yeah, that's what that got your attention. I, Man. <laughs> so, even back then, I knew it was kind of shit because I, I this is another one where I actually did see it in theaters and a friend dragged me to it saying, you're a loser, you're no friends, let's go watch a movie in theaters for a change. And it, because I lived so far from theaters, it was like weird seeing a movie in theaters without my parents. I was like, all right, finally, a grown-up movie. And it was Daredevil. Uh, so you can see why I, uh, why I prefer animated movies now. So I, I understand. Uh, the thing about it is that uh, I kind of want to hark back to something that Alex said when he was talking about uh, Uncharted in that it looked bright. Daredevil is so fucking dark for most of the movie and not just because the main character is blind, but because they were really doing this thing where like heroes need to be dark and brooding. The brooding that was always big. There's like, how many fucking shots have you seen of like the hero standing on top of the building, looking down solemnly, like I must protect the city that doesn't appreciate me. It's like they do the same thing in like fucking Spawn. And, this is uh, the most Tim Burton Batman ass movie I've seen in a long time. Exactly. Uh, how'd you like that fight sequence with him and Jennifer Garner? <sighs> Sign of things to come. I don't know how I'd forgotten that was this movie. I think in my head, like I just. Merge this with Catwoman for embarrassing a schoolyard fight scene. <laughs> Honestly, no, children. that's a good call. That's an actually a good one. And man, it is. I mean, it's fucking funny. It's not. So oh funny. yeah, it is. Uh, indeed, it is quite funny. But Boy, look, don't they have chemistry? Oh, <laughs> yeah, fucking. <laughs> Talk about the thing that works in this movie, and that is, of course, <laughs> not Colin Farrell or the weird bullseye thing on his head. Oh, that fucking incredibly thing. bad choice all around. Yeah, what does work? Is Michael Clark Duncan right? Yeah, real good. Yeah, <laughs> that looks like a man who could just literally rip you in half like a Mortal Kombat character. Yeah, that is very good casting. Yeah. Good job to everyone involved. 
Uh, if you were on Ain't It Cool mad that they cast a black guy, please consider ending your life. See, I know I, you're out there. I hope you don't listen. See, I think I've mentioned before, like, when I was talking about anime, like, I don't like being pandered to. The Colin Farrell character of Bullseye was, like, the one of, like, a really big example for me of pandering in movies. At one point, he kills a guy by, like, I don't know, he does, like, his thing where he, like, throws it, and it's, like, really accurate. He kills a guy, right? And he says, ah, Bullseye. See? And he points at the Bullseye <laughs> at his head. And I was, like, pissed off in the theater. I was like, come on! I know! You it's... hired this guy to do your secret mob assassination... His name is Bullseye. He has a giant bullseye on his head, and every time he kills someone, he goes, Bullseye. Go fuck yourself, dude. He fucking pointed at his own fucking forehead and said his own name out loud like he's a fucking Pokemon. He got in a fight with the TSA two years after 9-11. Hire someone else, bro. This ain't gonna work. Yeah, exactly. The only scene I remember anyone in the theater... By the way, it was a pack theater we saw this in somehow. And the the only scene I remember anyone in the theater laughing at is he has like his uh, Daredevil guy, whose name I don't recall, and I never will, uh, has some like little nerdy friend to the side. We're going to call him for the sake of this podcast we're just gonna call him josh brody and he's uh he's standing on these stairs at like this swanky gala sort of thing and he puts his hand on like this like fucking like stairwell like thing and it's got like exposed breasts on it and he like rubs them and kind of like looks at it takes his hand off and like there are like a couple scant chuckles in the theater no other noise for the rest of the theater when the credits came on everyone walked out silently and it was that's, just that's what you do and and somehow I watched that, experienced all of that, and went on to like movies. So <laughs> it gets better. <laughs> I mean, like I said, like movies not good, but after the only choices for a decade being uh, assembly line Marvel movies or Zack Snyder nightmares, uh, watching this movie that is half what if Tim Burton Batman but blind, and then half. All right, you and John Favreau just riff for a while, just have a great time. And what if Coolio didn't get arrested? You know, I'll tell you this much: I'd rather take the theatrical cut of Daredevil over the Eternals. So, exactly, because yeah. like it's weird and shitty, and like you I'm got having... Michael Clark Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan's fun. I'd rather have that than Kingo. <laughs> there okay, is a on. personality on screen. <laughs> I'm having a good time, yeah. and then uh, I mean, like fucking, he's being investigated by Joey Pantoliano wearing a Kangol oh, hat. Like that. that's something right there. He's got yeah. one earring in, and you're like, all right, what's this guy up to? And then he goes to visit Kevin Smith, and you're like, oh fuck, that was this era. That's he right. was in this thing. Fuck. He sure was. He oh, he's enormous in this movie, isn't he? Oh. He's he's a real kingpin. <laughs> this was pre uh, getting kicked off an airplane for being too fat. <laughs> that has ever happened. This was when he showed up in this and fucking Die Hard Four, and he just felt like, "Is this? I is this what nerd culture has become?" He was actually one of my favorite parts of Die Hard Four. So I mean, there aren't many to choose from. So. That's a good yeah, point. Have we yeah. all seen Die Hard Four? What the fuck? Dude, I saw that. Us? I saw that in theaters on a date. That was one of my first dates I went on. Chris, what is a cop doing in my command center? Your thoughts? That's a line I remember from Die Hard 4. Don't worry about it. You big fan of the fat? Uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, the big pro, like the biggest issue with this movie, above all else, like it just fundamentally cannot work because it's still that pre MCU thing where it's like. Okay, we have this character. What do people know them for? This, 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 and this. All right, cool. Put it on the first movie. You cut out Bullseye and you cut out Elektra. That is two things too many for 
two hour and 20 minute long director's cut. Yeah. But like, you've got all these villains. Electra is in this movie. You're like, oh, hi, you're cute. Oh, we should fight on the playground. My dad's dead. I'm going to train for five minutes. And then she gets murdered. You're like, great. Cool. I'm glad she, we had this subplot. I forgot she got killed in the movie. I just well, remember it was like the rain was falling down. It's like, oh, when I when it rains, I can like see what your face looks like. This weird sonar thing. Yeah, because I because he has sonar. That's echolocation, like Morpheus <laughs> of like vampire. Michael Clark Duncan spends most of his scenes just standing, looking out the window, being like, "Have you found the lawyer yet?" And then they have a fight scene that you can't see because the sprinklers go off and it's cut to shit. And then he yeah. gets sent to prison. You're like, man. She would have loved like a two-hour movie of Michael Clark Duncan intimidating people and hiring assassins. Oh well, maybe we'll get it in that sequel. Well, apparently, the comic book is really good. I'm not going to find out, but hey, I'll will. take people out. The... I still got Dragon Balls, dude. No, come on, I've been so. Good. I mean, Alex, <laughs> you've you've seen season one of Daredevil, right? That's yes, as much as you watch. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Th- there's a reason that Elektra wasn't in it, nor Bullseye. You just pick a character. <laughs> Because even then, you get like, okay, uh, how's he become Daredevil? All right, here's ten minutes of him as a kid and toxic waste because, of course, gets in his eyes. All right, his dad gets killed. Jump 30 years later, he's already got the costume. He's Daredevil. You're like, I don't... Look, I don't want to see the whole training process, but <laughs> give me something. He goes blind. He's like, weird, my body's just adjusted to it. He's doing fucking gymnastics on the roof while his dad trains to box. It's- you gotta just fucking let movies breathe. You can't jam all this shit into it. You know what a movie lets everything breathe? Is Electra. <laughs> this movie. Alright, let's talk about Electra. So, this is a movie starring Jennifer Jarner. And I nice. gotta tell you guys, I was looking at her film credits here. Maybe she's the poison one. Uh, because... <laughs> There's a lot of bad... Let me uh, list off some movies here that were not critically well-received. Mr. Magoo. Dude, Where's My Car? Pearl (laughs) Harbor. Hang on. Hold on. Juno, which I hated. Everyone else likes. Obviously, Elektra. Valentine's Day. Arthur. The Odd Life of Timothy Green. Alexander. And the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Nine Lives. Maybe she's the problem, and also a bunch of credit card commercials. Maybe she's the problem here, but hey, who knows? Maybe she's good at something. I don't know. Uh, hey, what you, is she older than twenty-seven? Oh, there's your answer. Yeah, I guess I that's it. it to you, buddy. So uh, apparently, people love Daredevil, and they wanted to put her in a movie because her character was so well liked. Let's see uh, what we can do with her. So right off, the movie begins, uh, much like one of our other favorite movies, Lady in the Water, oh, with some oh, backstory oh, oh. here. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I hit play on this file, and when, first of all, didn't recognize most of those production logos, always right, a good sign yeah. for yeah. your big yeah. blockbuster movie. <laughs> uh, when we get past the eighth logo, it turns black and a voice says, since time began, my hand <laughs> went for the close button, I right, swear right. to God. <laughs> I secretly went to close out of it. Dude, I, when I was seeing all those fake production companies, my first thought was, wait, was this straight to DVD? I think this got a theatrical release. I'm pretty sure this got oh, a theatrical sure did, release. sure buddy. 
This yeah. is contractual obligations of the movie. <laughs> See, that's you the know thing. Who didn't like, want to be an Electra? Jennifer Garner. You know who signed like, a contract saying she had to? <laughs> Jennifer Garner. <laughs> that's like the most important takeaway for, for me from this movie is Jennifer Garner hates this movie and so clearly does not want to be here. She is so fucking miserable the entire time. Yeah, She's, she, she was trashing the movie while she was making the movie. Like, all her, like, red carpet appearances, like, all the interviews she had to be, like, hype up. So, what's the great thing about elections? Nothing. I, when did I become the action girl? I don't want to do this. I want to I want to go back to being on uh, the hit television series, Alias. This was that weird era where every single actress is like, well, now I have to be in an action movie. The world needs a right, Flux yeah. Yeah, and that's, Tomb yeah. Raider and Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And all that is movies. one of those things. So this movie came out in 2005, and a lot of people were trying to do, like, yeah, girl power. Women are just as good as men. They can stab people with knives just as well as men can. So, you know, female empowerment. Well, if you want to know why there's an Electra movie and not a Daredevil 2, it's because, uh, well, people didn't like Daredevil. Daredevil. Obviously, yeah. And uh, between uh, Daredevil and this, we had uh, Gili, uh, Paycheck, oh. Jersey Girl, oh. and Surviving Christmas. Oh. So uh, Ben Affleck was a uh, how you say, as uh, Norm Macdonald once put it, box office poison. So I was like, <laughs> we contractually have these people. Let's make the cool lady spinoff. Yeah. What's that? She doesn't want to do it? Remind her what she signed, and then here she is. <laughs> put a gun to her head and put her in that stupid red outfit. Apparently, Weird. We, just call, we just called JJ. He said, uh, you're done shooting Alias for the summer. Weird. <laughs> Get out of here. So, uh, apparently, um, they were going to include a character, I guess a lawyer character from uh, Daredevil, but they cut him out because it reminded people of Daredevil. <laughs> So uh, <laughs> I watched yeah, Ben Affleck's weird scene. It's a whole lot of nothing. Don't worry about <laughs> oh, it. Oh well, I'm glad you got the uh, the 30 minute extended director skit of Electra. So oh, oh, I would not be here today. <laughs> <laughs> so the voiceover, which we haven't even talked about, says right off the bat, it's like since time began, there's been a battle of good versus evil. And remember what I said earlier. I'm sick and tired of like our theme is good versus evil. A lot of people don't know that good is better than evil. Uh, and the other thing he's talking about is like some people even say he had the ability to bring people back from the dead, which is another theme I fucking hate in movies and in stories <laughs> in general. I kind of feel like, like it, it sort of cheapens the process of death. Although oh, Jennifer like Garner, Palpatine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought the same. Yeah, it, it no kind one of, is ever really gone. Well, like I said about cheapening the process of death. Uh, at one point, Jennifer Garner's character Electra says, "Death isn't so bad." You know what? Yeah, it is. I agree. It's a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Debatable, I guess. Anyway, Jennifer Garner plays a legendary lady ninja, Electra, who can use uh, swords and stuff. Okay, so our first villain of the movie doesn't seem to have a name. He just sits in an easy chair and drinks whiskey and uh, just spouts exposition. I'm going to call this guy, since he seems to be aligned with the, the Hand Clan, I'm going to call him Mr. Hands. So I, he, I, I literally wrote in my notes, Master Hand. <laughs> <laughs> no items. So anyway, he's talking to his uh, bodyguard there, who, by the way, is using an item. So no, uh, uh, I mean that's that's how she got him. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Well, uh, sorry, oh my spoilers, God. guys. Now spoilers. you have to yeah. fight regular Hand. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> he's just in there. Oh, you don't know about Electra. You wouldn't have taken the job if I had hired you. I would be dropping my gun and leaving. I'd be, hands <laughs> behind my head. Why? I don't know him. I've never met him. Whatever he says is a complete lie. <laughs> the funniest part of this scene is when he's just like, 
I never should have fucking hired you. And it's like, hey. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You shouldn't have. What if yeah, I, if I wouldn't have had to watch this scene. If I had told you that, you wouldn't have taken the job. Like, yeah. hey, man, what? Hey, y'all, also, what? like, yeah. why is she some legendary, like, oh, the famed myth Electra, like, that that rich girl who got stabbed by that bald Irish guy? Like, yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. So, uh, apparently, she's back for vengeance and she's one of the shadows and she whispers in your ear before she kills you she throws one of her sigh at him and he goes like oh he just dies and the way he goes oh reminds me of the way that uh it reminds me of the scene in the matrix where he, he just goes like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that scene sticks with me more than anything else uh i actually feel like this guy could have lived if he had just kept talking the entire time like, just go into like, the Matrix. Go to that guy, like, the creator of the Matrix, that old guy who's just sitting in the chair. You are the representation of another of representations. If you had just kept talking the whole time, she would have been able to kill him for, like, dramatic purposes. You can't cut that guy off. So he could have lived to be 100 years old. Anyway, this, it becomes immediately apparent that Jennifer Garner is not trying and has this look of, like like simmering outrage whenever she looks at the camera because you just know she's looking at the studio executive standing behind the cinematographer going like eh, okay yeah, she's still technically here and she wants to be anywhere else on earth <laughs> she is just furious i think they did like some color correction to her eyes to make them greener oh my god the contacts why do they look like that i it's like no she needs green eyes make them look like lifesavers this was still an annoying era powers. Of like, oh, I mean, uh, in the comic, Miss Fantastic has blonde hair, so Jessica Alba, and he's like, it's not oh, yeah. real. Yeah, exactly. Don't care. Yeah. You made Kingpin black. Just let her have her normal yeah. eyes, you weirdos. Yeah. Making Kingpin, making Kingpin black improved him. Michael Clark Duncan, like we said, was really good. Uh, so there's another character in the movie. Her agent. He's, uh... He is doing something. He is trying... He's doing a lot of heavy lifting. He's seeing that Jennifer Garner's not trying. He's like, oh, I'll try to save the scene. Does you <laughs> correct me if it's the same guy? Because I'm pretty sure it's not the same guy. But you know who this guy reminds me of? Who? The sweaty guy with the long tongue in the X Men movies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's that guy. I don't know if it's speaking of X Men movies. Guy. This is real. I haven't seen X Men Three: The Last Stand in a while. Boy, feels like I just did. Well, Holy that's shit. the thing is, this was advertised as... They actually removed the, like, yeah, from the same team that brought you Daredevil. They're like, no, from the same team that brought you X-Men. Not the good ones. So, that's uh, kind of sad. We we also have uh, more flashbacks. There's a lot of flashbacks in this movie. Um, about a character we don't care about, which sucks. So, she's doing, like, her Kill Bill-esque training here. She's got a, a G, G, whatever. And uh, Parker has said this, like, 17 different times. I haven't listened once. And uh, I know her, how it feels. Yeah, <laughs> her master is uh, training her uh, as to how to do this stuff well. And he says that if she becomes good enough, she will even begin to control time. And uh, that's <laughs> fucking true. Movie, yeah. <laughs> that's and we're at the end now. Evanescence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it's I that power by the way doesn't actually come into uh, play for this movie as far as I can tell unless I missed something and I may have not. Uh, I just remember she's on the phone with her agent who tells her, "Okay, your new target is uh, these two individuals. Make sure you uh, kill them." And she says on the phone, "I just want to get this over with." And I feel like that's like a 
there was like a candid camera, her actual conversation with her actual agent talking about this movie. <laughs> just, you know what? Just leave it in. It's, yeah. It's organic. It feels yeah. real in the moment. Yeah. Hey, uh, you guys know what my favorite thing about movies is? What? Precocious teenagers. Oh, wait. Before we get there, there's one thing I want to talk about. She does. She has her own training montage where she's doing like one-handed pull-ups and a jumping rope. Uh, when she meets this precocious teenager, she teleports behind her. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> if she can teleport, I don't care if she can jump rope. That's not as impressive as teleportation. It's just... Oh, no, you're not. And hitting her with her giant Raimundo chin. Exactly. <laughs> Bop. <laughs> so it's about 27 minutes into the movie, and I've already forgotten what the plot is. Because she's like, she was told she has to kill someone because she kills people. I just assume her agent said, yeah, our next target is this. And then she's eating Christmas dinner with some guy and his precocious teenager. And I'm like, hey, wait. I call your daughter trying to rob my Airbnb. Yeah. What the fuck? I, I was looking oh, at yeah. like, sure, I'll come to dinner. That sounds fun. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm just looking at like, what's, what's the story here? What is she supposed to be doing? I, I don't remember what's going. Is this just a different movie all of a sudden? And then it's revealed. Oh no, she has to kill them. Good. I've never seen three people with less chemistry. No, it's a will they, won't they? And she cares about this child. You can tell. Because she glares daggers at her every time she's in the same yeah, room with her. Yeah, every single time she walks in. That, and Jennifer Garner for real be like, who, this fucking bitch. <laughs> ah, you brought my replacement in. Great. <laughs> Typical Hollywood. Like, Just say the uh, line. Lady. Yeah, just, okay. And three, two, one. <laughs> yeah, I just read the script. Um, so I come back from the dead, right? Yeah. Yeah. Through magic? Yeah. And now I just murder people? Yes. And then uh, there's a magic girl. I'm not contractually obligated for a sequel, am I? And they're like, oh, we're not making one of those. (laughs) Buddy, we'll get this out the door and then uh, we will part ways and never speak again. Never. Look, lady, the faster you say your lines, the the faster we get off the set. Well, we shot and, the whole movie in three days. Yeah. Crazy. Which uh, makes sense because she's also saying her lines a little too fast. Like, she's just kind of barreling through there. And also, this is where we get to some shitty edit. She realizes, oh, no, I have to kill the father and the daughter. And there's, like, a lot of cross-cutting between their files and their faces. And then she goes and she's about to kill them with, like, a, a bow and arrow. And then it's, like, coming back to her and says, terminated on there. And then she's like, no, I don't want to kill the, the daughter. She reminds me of me. As if we could possibly care. Oh, now, by the way, flashback to the time she was learning how to swim. And her dad was like Richard Williams. I don't know. Fucking, what are we doing here? Why are uh, we showing this? I'm also OCD, and I, my parents are also dead. Great. I can't kill this girl. Yeah. Well, well. I, I, I don't understand the appeal of these scenes. I don't know why they keep showing them. Oh, yeah, she got, yeah, they're cross cut back and forth. Now she's little, now she's that. It's stupid. Anyway. Uh, she decides, she tells her agent, yeah, I don't really feel like it. And the agent takes it surprisingly well. Uh, says, uh, okay, fine. Yeah, notably how spies work. Yeah. And, uh, so the Hand Clan sends two ninjas to that house to kill them. <laughs> now, this is the point where I lean forward on my couch, I'm like, oh, ninjas? Because they look like fucking ninjas. They got, like, the, the faces covered and, like, the two swords on their back. I'm like, this could be good. And then she kills one of them with a sigh through the roof. I'm like, oh, probably not going to be good. This is actually really funny because it's like, it's storming outside. 
And we cut to the precocious teenager watching the Weather Channel, which teenagers love to do. And she says, I have to write this down. She's like, you know, the Weather Channel is such a joke. They make it sound all exciting, but it's just rain. Who, were you reading your TV guides? Like, stay tuned for the next exciting episode of the weather? Damn. <laughs> Just such natural dialogue. It's like watching a real family. Yeah, well... Chris, uh, tell me why uh, two-thirds of this movie feels like the second act of Logan, but worse. Why are we spending all of this time out on this ranch with this fucking family? I don't care. I will never care. That's the thing about it is this movie is so poorly made in that it's very bad storytelling. I can't imagine the script look like this, right? Because when you're writing the script, you have to think to yourself, oh, this is going to look terrible. We're just wasting our time. It feels like the wheels are spinning throughout the entire runtime. And when you're shooting it, you realize, like, this location is not interesting. These people are not interesting. Fucking... You know what people are like? A hedge maze. Oh. <laughs> oh, we'll get to the hedge maze. We'll, the absolute nerve of this which, which, by the way, so she stabs at a ninja, right? He explodes into a fart cloud that reminded me of uh, the trail of Morbius as <laughs> he's leaving. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is this? What are they all NES characters? So they leave there and they go to the pool hall. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, the pool hall scene is like, imagine making that pool hall look really boring. Just turn it off. It's just where you turn the movie off. Yeah, this is. Not even this is where you stop directing bad. it. This is where you get but to like, that page of the script. You're like, nah, I'm just like, it's not working. Sorry. But like, you, you can go, give Joe. the movie a shot, and then just show up, and then that fight scene sucks, and you're like, all right, here's Terrence Stamp playing pool, and you're like, I don't fucking. Yeah. I'm gonna both lawn. I don't need this. The blind the bastard uh, is playing pool, and he's the only one who can like. Hold down Jennifer Garner with a pool cute something stupid. Man, I just watched this movie like two hours ago. I don't remember anything about this scene. I it, fair, like, fair, right? So, I feel like I'm hearing about this for the first time. Yeah, so she gets really oh, you got the secret <laughs> you got the secret like edited for TV couple. They just got that part out. I wish I had that version. So uh, she's like, What's really going on here? Why is the hand clan targeting you? And he says, Uh, they killed my wife. Like why? What, why would they go after you, though? What? What's it's the not an here? answer. Yeah, like just say nothing. Parker, you watch the extended director's cut, open mat version. What? What? Uh, what's the real reason they're trying to kill her, and him? Because she's the special one with the magic powers. Oh right, yeah, I forgot. She's the yeah. special chosen one. Or yeah, whatever she's word she's they the other messiah it. narrative over here. But although Electra's already there, also they have their own team of. They have their own Suicide Squad, which we'll get to. Uh, anyway, Jennifer Garner starts pounding and stamps her foot and uh, storms off to have a tantrum outside. And the precocious teenager follows her outside and is like, where are you going? You have to be our friend. And Jennifer Garner says, I don't want to do this movie anymore. And they make her do it. So it's she too damn bad. Get in there. That's <laughs> 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 oh, funny. <laughs> so she's like fine we'll go to my agent's house so they go to uh it just looks like you know, the, it looks like the house saying that people think we're joking no she just has an agent who's like yeah. hey e, uh got another target for you yeah i don't want to kill these people all right yeah hey parker I'll you know john wick needed a go-between they needed a middle He's someone who calls me E. Hey E, you get laid? Like, what the <laughs> e. fuck? I kill people. 
Oh, so turtle is, there? Yeah. <laughs> so they go to... I, Parker, this is for you and me, and uh, I guess the other Alex. It reminds me of the house from Squirm. <laughs> it looks like they're looking for Mr. Beardsley. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they go in there, and uh, this is... A lot of scenes that go nowhere and do nothing. For example, uh, that one girl tries to have like a Leon the Professional moment with Electra. And she's like, you get to kill people. How come I don't get to kill people? And the audience is just supposed to be like, hey, yeah, why not? She deserves a chance. Uh, and she says, you want to see something that's really hard? Try this. And so for like more than halfway through the movie, our two lead characters are sitting on the floor and breathing. And then they that's use a- this as like a, a jump scare. She like goes boo to the girl. This is fun. I don't get it. Do humans interact like this? Am I the weird one? I don't get it. Uh, no, but also yes. Okay, well... I mean, at this point, when you see the fucking teenage girl, like, just playing around with weapons, if you're in that theater, which, you know, most people weren't, yeah. you are just, you were, like, stomping angrily and just hitting your armrest going, the opening crawl told me there were <laughs> warring ninja factions. What in the fuck is going on? If um, I put in a movie from 1993 that says Angry Ninja Tribes... There will be 47 dead ninjas by now. Right, what the exactly. fuck is this? Someone throw a goddamn smoke bomber. I'm going to freak out. Yeah, I am looking, searching desperately for a shuriken. Anyway, Jennifer Garner is asleep. Her agent bursts into her room with a fucking shotgun. It blows a hole right in the window because he's trying to hit a bird. Uh, Alex, can you do an impression of this bird? <laughs> the bird belongs to uh, a gentleman named Tattoo. And Why is it called Tattoo, Chris? Because the tattoo transforms into a bird. The bird transforms into a tattoo. I'd like to talk about the animation for when the bird becomes a tattoo and it goes onto like his chest right over here, right? It's so funny to me because it's like the sloppiest. It looks like the bird is struggling to get back onto his chest. And I get, yeah, I guess it looks more realistic for this thing that's completely fanciful. But you have better animation than that. You can just make it go, ah, shh. It just becomes part of his chest, and it's like smooth. It's fine. This is like the bird's like, uh, uh, put this over here, get the wing over here, and, like, ah! and it just becomes part of his chest. It looks really shitty, and I'm feeling really, it's a weird choice here. Do you think this guy has a Yoda tattoo? <laughs> ah, 420 it is. <laughs> Leave this meeting, I must. Oh, that's coming up in eight days. Talk up, you shall. <laughs> Chris, have you seen X Men 3? I don't remember which ones you've seen. I don't remember. I, I know I saw the first one. And I think I saw it. most okay. of the second. I don't know if I saw I, it. I only know that I've seen it because that's the Juggernaut bitch one. Oh, oh right. yeah. Well, and then you remember uh, how the whole thing was like, it was like these big mutant battles, so they had just like all these ancillary ones in the background. Like people that are just never named. You're like, oh, this guy is like a porcupine dude. That sucks. So what if that was just, like, your major villains for your big movie? <laughs> like, ah, this guy who's strong, and this guy with tattoos, and this lady with poison kisses. And Shaq. <laughs> of course. Who could forget Shaq? Oh, let's, uh, maybe we should talk about uh, their bad guys. So, first of all, by the way, the ninjas, who, uh, that's, like, one of the worst action scenes I've ever seen in that cabin. Uh, he snaps his own neck, uh... Without his hands, he just goes like, Bleh! and he does it, which, uh... God, I wish that were me. Yeah. <laughs> we also have to talk about the boardroom scene. Parker, let's talk about the <laughs> boardroom scene. These fucking goons come <laughs> sauntering in. I... 
That's the hardest I've laughed today, let me fucking tell they look you. They like JRPG <laughs> villains. They all got like the multicolored hair and shit. And they also call, uh, Parker, what is the main bad guy's name? The head of the syndicate? Dude, when they just say casually, Master Roshi. <laughs> I did a fucking spit take. <laughs> what is this? Oh Why is Kariyuki Tagawa playing Master Roshi? But he's just some dude who sits at the head of a table the whole movie saying... Your men didn't handle it. <laughs> Great. Thanks for showing up. So they have to leave the, um, the place that they're staying at with the agent, and they have to escape. And they come across Bob Sapp. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you already know I'm a big Bob Sapp guy, and yeah. Other Alex will be very excited to learn of this appearance. Oh, yeah. He, uh, he plays another version of himself, I guess, is the only way I could possibly put it. <laughs> Correct. He is big and strong and powerful uh, until he gets killed. So He gets crushed by a fucking tree and turns to fart dust. <laughs> he sucks ass. He's like, she attacks him with her scion. The blade just breaks off. He's like impenetrable. And then just gets crushed by a tree. Absolutely fuck yourself. If yeah. you didn't turn the movie off before, when they have the big fight with all the fucking magic ninjas and it ends like that, you're immediately shutting it off. You are. You're like. You know what? I'm just gonna. I'm gonna put on the late game and I'm gonna do homework. I'm not watching this anymore. Honestly, I thought at the end of the scene that the movie was over, and I was like, "Damn, this flew by. That was great." Oh yeah, I bet. Oh. Well, we still have uh, Poison Lady, who has a name. Um, does she? No, she does. I remember because I was reading the trivia, and apparently she's nothing at all like her comic book counterpart. Is it Dr. Poison? I was going to make that joke, but I thought it was a little too on the nose. But, like, apparently... I'm here for the low-hanging fruit, buddy. Yeah, exactly. So, the thing about the uh, about the trivia for this character is that this version in the movie actually sounds better than the comic book character. Uh, it's Oh, the character's name is Typhoid. Uh, is based on Typhoid Mary. I know that one. A villain from the Daredevil comics. Though Typhoid's powers of poison are different from Typhoid Mary's psychic abilities of telekinesis and pyrokinesis. You said what now? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds way better. Yeah, see? This could have been uh, a different thing. Oh my god, in the boardroom where she blows that guy the magic poison kiss from across the room. <laughs> yeah, and he, and he, he, he becomes... I was gonna say, it looks like he was becoming old, like he was spending time on the old beach. <laughs> <laughs> now, since we're talking about names, Skip, um... If I was a secret ninja assassin, I would simply not use my first name as my ninja name. And also, I would not have a name that no one else in the history of the world has had for 2,000 years. What name would I that just, be? You know, that's, um, Say it out you loud. Know, just all those life. Electras you run into out there. Oh, hello, it is I, Gilgamesh Nachios. You may know me as the murderer, Gilgamesh. That was one of my favorite like, lines in there. It's like, oh, your your parents must have had a sense of humor. No. Sorry. Well, <laughs> fair enough, lady. Nice to meet you. Oh my god, here's another one from the trivia. So there was a cut scene from here, from the director's cut, which I assume Parker didn't actually watch. Apparently... I didn't know what existed. Apparently <laughs> the, uh, the guy, uh, Mark Miller... Played by Goran Viznichik. That sounds like Mike Saklasa making fun of Star Wars characters. Uh, he Apparently they cut a scene from him in the cabin successfully fighting off the ninjas. Which means, uh, why the fuck are they even in this movie? 
Uh, anyway, William Lee plays Kirigi. He is the main ninja bad guy. Uh, why? What is his connection here? I think he said that he killed Jennifer Garner's mother. Like, how? You're younger than the teenager. Yeah, what are we doing? He, is, he looks at most like 30. <laughs> He's somehow, as a five year old, murdered her mother. But Who also was alluded to, as someone who just watched Daredevil prior, um, it's not outright stated, but it is like heavily alluded to that Kingpin murdered the mother. And there's like, actually, it was this uh, dark sect of evil ninjas that have the power of uh, resurrection. Don't worry about it. Right. Hey, guess what, guys? None of this matters. You'll never see this again. Don't matter. Yeah. Anyway, the uh, the bad guy kills her, and then she comes back to life because apparently they have improved it. And... That the other girl, by the way, the t- precocious teenager, is being trained in the art of ninjutsu. Uh, sure. Boy, that sounds, it, you know, it by sounds so much cooler stamp. than it actually is, guys. Trust me. Um, Man, so, can we just say, Terrence Stamp does horrendous blind acting. Oh, I yeah, forgot that's... he was supposed to be blind for this entire movie. Okay, so here's the thing, like, if an actor's blind, like, the camera's supposed to help him out. You're supposed to, like... You know, do some certain things, like, make sure you look over here or something like that. The camera in person just told him, yeah, look over her shoulder the whole time. Just do that, you know? I actually he, didn't know that guy was blind the whole time. Yeah. Exactly. Like, this is new information to me. I didn't know who you were fucking talking about earlier. Oh, I'm sorry to say this. So he's in the, uh, in the fucking, um, pool room scene. Don't care. <laughs> you know what? Fair enough. I also don't care. <laughs> I will purge my brain of literally all of this the second I hit the stop button. I don't, I don't even know why I brought it up. Okay, so uh, what happens next? Oh yeah. Anyway, the the bad guy tells the little girl that like, oh, this is way better. And he's like teleporting all around the room like fucking Ganondorf or something. And he's like, oh, you don't know how to predict where I'm going to be. And I'm like, that actually seems like an easy thing to do because he's just going back and forth. Anyway, at the end of the movie, he kills Electra, but she comes back, and then he gets stabbed. But, dude, the fight with all of the bed sheets that's probably supposed oh, to look cool. Oh, that fucking shit. That was, like, the <laughs> lamest part of the movie. I couldn't tell what the fuck was going on. It's such an American thing to do. I'm sorry, it's, like, one of the most American fight scenes. It's a shooting fight scene where you can't tell what's going on. Oh, it's That's badass. such a real, like, oh, damn, you really thought she did something kind of thing. Yeah, that's, like, I'm yeah, sure that's a good example. a lot of yeah. time, yeah. and... Like, hours were spent, like, okay, uh, we have to frame it like this, and then, like, it'll look like he disappeared into it. And then you see the final product, you're like, you should have just had two stunt doubles fight on a staircase. We could have been out of here in an afternoon, my man. It is. Oh. And then they uh, have a hedge maze chase. Oh, the hedge maze, yeah. And, and they run through the hedge maze and get chased by uh, magic tattoo snakes. Yeah, typhoid and tattoo are there. They're, these are just, like, fucking Mortal Kombat rejects, you know? Okay, so so somebody's got to help me out with this. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so the typhoid lady, her whole thing is like everything around her just like immediately dies. Yeah, it's like poison, like, right? Yeah. Like there, there's like a there's like a fucking black cloud following her around. Like all the plants, all the animal, everything just fucking falls over dead when she walks past. Yeah. And she's walking around a hedge, hedge maze, and the hedges are totally fine. Look, you you shouldn't really expect consistency from this movie. Okay, but if that's like your one fucking thing, like I expect this from comic book nerds right like comic book nerds should care about this yeah and someone somewhere has read an electric comic book once right all right this was back when they cared about this shit like you said with the contacts like it's just those kind of like those kind of fucking losers 
are like the ones that I expect to go, hey, wait a minute, to something like that. I mean, and I think it's also they're fair. dropping the ball. Yeah, but like, man, it's you know the other. I know it's like such a stupid nitpick for this bad movie, but like, no, I think that's I actually I think it's a fair nitpick because it's that is pretty obvious. The other thing is, uh, uh, Jennifer Garner's character is seen at the beginning of the movie. She's cleaning up after one of her crime scenes, and like she's so dedicated, she even cleans up after herself. But she's also, like, loudly talking about, like, the hand clan while, while, like, a hawk can hear her and everything. Like, come on, what are we doing here? She's not that careful. Also, her idea of killing them is with a bow and arrow. It's like, this seems like an assassination job. Uh, but very stealthy, I guess. Anyway, she... The reason she comes back from the dead is because she believes in the heart of the cards or something. And, uh... I don't know, something stupid happens, and what was even the ending? I don't remember what was the ending. They play another evidence. Oh, yeah, they say, oh, yeah, we're going to go to the beach and get tan and get ice cream because we're ladies, and then a credit song plays. I had to read the Wikipedia to learn that. Oh, uh, Stick actually kicked her out of the clan because uh, he knew that she would uh, she would start being an assassin, and then she would encounter the chosen one girl, but then she would find the good in her heart and not kill her, oh. which is... Uh, Hey guys, let's try another. Uh, let's try another polish on this script here. This doesn't make a goddamn bit. Oh, we need to film it now. Oh, okay. I'll yeah. That have him have him ADR it in, I guess. Well, that's miserable. So, um, yeah. Uh, what's really good in movies, like you said, just having consistent powers, like knowing what is and isn't possible, and that's why this movie's great because Electra is like. She's now suddenly a master assassin who can sort of see... In the, she can, like, that so Raven to yeah. where the enemy's gonna be. Yeah. And then kill them. But then also she learns to raise people from the dead. And that's cool because, like, she's just a girl whose parents are dead. But she can do that because magic's real in this. But also it's just this in Daredevil where just a blind dude fights people in six blocks in Manhattan. I don't fucking know, man. None of this makes sense. And we'll never see him again. So it's fine. Yeah, you know, here's another thing: is you have to mentally put yourself in 2005. And what was the advertising for this? I, I do remember, a lot. <laughs> I remember the advertising for this was like Jennifer Garner's it. She's so hot, but she's bad. And this is one of the things Mark and I were talking. I was like, "Is she hot? Oh no, you know, like hey, she's better looking than anyone I'm ever gonna meet. I mean, but as far as like a Hollywood actress goes, oh no, really." <laughs> Seeing much later. can we can we put her in the venom and morbius universe like yeah why not why does everything come Let's back go. to morbius why wouldn't I, it he he was much like electra was dead you know it, yeah, yeah. Michael Keaton can be there. Assassin. Michael Keaton can be That's the important thing. You know, I did like reading that article that apparently the thing that pissed people off the most about morbius was the post credit scene <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad though it's clearly filled on two different days. I just look mm, interesting. <laughs> I don't know how I got here, but I know it has something to do with Spider-Man. <laughs> Could you imagine Jared Leto's just driving in a car, which is something you do when you can fly, yeah. and he pulls up, and then Jennifer Garner flies in on robot wings, like, I don't know what I'm doing here, but I think Wilson Fisk is behind it. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening? <laughs> Oh, Jesus. And she's wearing red, because that's what she wears in the comics. Yeah, yeah. This is what you guys a... like. Yeah. You like this, right, Piggies? Oh, well. My favorite Greek actress is Jennifer Garner. <laughs> Electra. Yeah, like the tragedy, which I'm familiar with. 
Alright, join us next week for a much better movie, we hope, Ambulance. It would have to be. And that's the tea, sis.